On the line with us, a man we've all come to know very, very well, Professor Michael Baker, epidemiologist with the University of Otago. Hello there again, Professor. Hello, Michael. Uh, kia, ora. kia ora. Kia ora. So is it the right thing what the government has done this afternoon? Uh, yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's obviously a hard call uh, between that and perhaps um, doing a selective suspension and perhaps keeping travel with, say, Tasmania and Western Australia, which have been very successful at elimination. But I can see that um, that is administratively difficult and also the benefits are not that enormous given the number of travel travellers. So I think this was um, probably the right decision at this point. There's a, there's a, a bit of scepticism on our text machine, Professor, with people saying, look, we've got to learn to live with COVID. It's the same thing we've heard many times before. And is the Delta variant really that bad? Well, I'm asking you that as a man that studied this for your life, is the Delta variant more contagious than the previous ones, and is it that bad? Well, firstly, um, it's still the same virus. It still is killing about 1% of the populations where it infects them, um, and it's still leaving some people damaged with long COVID. It's very bad for um, economies having this virus circulating. So we know we, we really want to keep this virus out and eliminate it. So the only difference with the Delta variant is that it's much more infectious, so it's just that much harder to contain. So if you get an outbreak with the exponential function, it just uh, climbs that much faster, as we're seeing in New South Wales, as we're seeing in Fiji and, and many other countries. It does seem to be to, uh, affecting younger people, though, that the other variants hadn't. Well, I think it may be because um, we are spreading very rapidly. A lot of these populations are partially vaccinated, as we're seeing in the UK, for instance. And the vaccination has gone to the older people who are more vulnerable. So that's why we're seeing um, a lot mm. more cases in young people. And in fact, in the UK, they're, they're just the let it rip approach there means they're going to infect 5 to 10 million young um, Britons, Brits, over the next six months. And I think that's a terrible decision especially when, when they could be vaccinating those children. Good heavens. So, uh, Professor, it's James here. Uh, I'm having my second uh, vaccination jab on Monday, right? So uh, once I'm vaccinated, am I uh, immune? I'm not sure how it works. I didn't ask them when I went in. I just did it. So can you just tell me a little bit about that? It's not just about me. It's other people will be wondering this too. Yeah, well, basically... Um, the vaccine is always a degrees of immunity. So what the it means that when you if you if you're unlucky enough to encounter this virus, your immune system will have a head start. So instead of the virus overwhelming you, um, your um, antibodies will overwhelm it. So you might get no symptoms at all or a, a mild illness. But what the vaccines are very good at doing is stopping serious illness and death, and that's what we're seeing. Um, across um, the UK, Israel, the US, where they were in the middle of a severe epidemic. Uh, they vaccinated over 50% of people, and now they're seeing far fewer hospitalizations and deaths than they would have seen before. And that's why they're getting a bit more confident about resuming normal activities. But I would say they're still a little overconfident, given what the virus can still do to young people. And one last thing, we've got less than 60 seconds, uh, Michael, but there's a text that says, guys, one million people die of traffic accidents in India every year. It's not that bad over there. My understanding is it's really due to the swamping of the health systems, which is why people are dying just simply for a lack of oxygen. Is that right? That's part of, part of the problem. But actually, if you use the, the, the correct measure, it's called excess mortality, because 
you can only be counted as a case if you've been tested, and the same for people dying from this virus. So what you do for much of the world is you look at how much higher is mortality at the moment than what you expect. And that suggests that um, we're probably looking at about not a bit over 4 million deaths, but probably 12 to 15 million deaths across the globe. So this is really the biggest increase in mortality since the Second World War. And that's what they're seeing in the U.S. now. They've just put out um, new data on on, um, how long people live, and it's dropping. They're actually losing one to two years of of lifespan there. It is frightening. Professor, so wonderful to talk to you. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you very much for your time.